What comes to mind when you think of homelessness? Perhaps a man wearing a dirty coat, sitting on the pavement, holding a paper cup, asking you for change as you walk past and pretend not to notice? Or maybe a woman holding a cardboard sign, walking between cars stopped at an intersection while you lock your doors and pray for the light to turn green? Our idea of homelessness is often dirty, strange, and seemingly outside of the reality of our lives. But here's an alternate picture of homelessness. A 15-year-old boy playing the flute next to a church computer, learning and mimicking a song from a YouTube video. He has slept at the church for only a handful of nights, and he's not sure where he will be in the next 24 hours. That is what this story is about. More broadly, it is about the homelessness that afflicts the students of the public school system here in Alachua County. Over 500 children in this county deal with unstable living conditions. These kids still attend school, they still experience all the difficulty associated with growing up, and on top of it all, they don't even have a place to come home to. How do these young people deal with it all? After calling around, trying to find kids who are in this difficult situation, I found myself at Family Promise of Gainesville. Family Promise is an organization whose mission is to provide homeless children and their families with compassionate care through collaborations of local faith communities. I visited their day center, located a few blocks away from downtown Gainesville. When I arrived, I saw a small white building with a low flat roof at the end of a narrow drive. Attached to the center was a small playground with two swings, a slide, and a jungle gym. Across the street, I noticed a very nice-looking brown brick building. It was the parking garage attached to Second Ave Luxury Student Apartments. I didn't really know whether to laugh or sigh at the irony as I walked in. So if you could just state your name and profession for me. My name is Sheree Jones. I'm a case manager at Family Promise. I've been here actually three months now. <laughs> um, my background comes from I worked in the criminal justice system for seven years as a classifications case worker. Um, I did child welfare for a year and also did veterans homelessness for a year. So I have a lot of experience with children and in the homeless mm. sector as well. A lot of people don't know this, but there are a lot of homeless kids in Alachua County. Basically, the school board counts anybody homeless as if you're doubling up with somebody. They count that as homeless, too. Even though they have a place, they technically don't have a place. They're just, you know, living with family or something or friends or whoever let them stay. Usually with kids who do experience homelessness, some of them fall behind in school because instead of worrying about completing an assignment, they're worried about how they're going to eat where they're going to sleep tonight because they like I said like all of them sleep doubled up I have I get like four to five calls a day with people who are actually living in their cars or on the street saying they need shelter and a lot of those kids they don't complete their homework assignments because it's not a priority at the time finding housing is so or food so trying to get more programs and more help for these kids is very crucial because Especially in the early ages, we have a lot of kids that aren't even in school yet that need, are missing their early learning, you know, help and assistance that they can get, um, missing those early stages of learning because um, of the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. We've been, Family Promise used to be Interfaith Hospitality Network. We've been in the community since 1998. So far, since me and Miss Jane have been working, Miss Jane has been here about a year now. Okay, quick clarification. She's referring to Ms. Jane Moraski, the executive director of Family Promise. She basically runs their operation. Unfortunately, she was not able to speak to me for this project. Um, we've helped over a thousand families in that year time. Luckily, our success rate went from 44% before Ms. Jane started, and now we're in the 80 percentile. 
with people who actually graduate from our program finding housing, secure jobs, and actually thriving now that they're out of our program. Um, our program usually lasts 90 days. The first 30 days I focus with them with finding jobs because <laughs> that's the most crucial part because a lot of them have lost employment due to the economy. A lot of the jobs in Gainesville, if you're not even at Shands, somebody can say they're working at Shands, but usually they're contract jobs. And those contract jobs don't last forever. So when they end, a lot of families find themselves in tough situations. Because we're only one of two shelters that actually take the whole family unit in, there's little help in Gainesville for these families. I met with a pair of brothers who are currently living in a network of churches and relatives' homes as they both attend school. I am living in the church right now. I don't know the name of the church, but it's actually pretty cool because it has like this balcony place where you can just look at the road and it's pretty peaceful. So that's one of the reasons why I like it. Mm -hmm. The other reason is because it has a park there and it's kind of rugged and tore down, but it's still kind of fun there. So that's what I like about living there. Um, and, and how long have you been living at the church? For about three days. And I think we're going to be there for five more days, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to move to another church. We're just going to keep on doing that. That's 13-year-old Joseph Smith. He has a slim face and a wide smile, which he wore more often than not during our interview. He's the younger of the two brothers, and as you've likely already guessed, he is an intensely positive person. Where do you go to school? Howard Bishop. Howard Bishop Middle School. Do you like it? Yes, a lot. <laughs> so, uh, how's school going? It's going really good, even though the writing, no, not right, reading is pretty hard. All the work is keep on coming, and the deadlines is like pretty interesting. It's like seven pages, and then we have to turn it in the next day. It's pretty frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah. Like the bouncing around living situation, has that been difficult for you in school at all? Not really. Like, sometimes I'll take the bus to school and take the bus back. And sometimes my mom would drop me off and then pick me up. It's not really that hard. It's just a continuous thing. I got used to it already. It truly shocked me to hear a homeless 13-year-old speak about his situation with such nonchalance. Honestly, I would have been shocked to hear any middle school student speak this positively about school. I must admit, I was expecting the kind of stories you hear about on the news. You know what I'm talking about. Kids bullied over being homeless. A student failing a test because she didn't have a bed to sleep in the night before. The kinds of things Cherie was talking about earlier. This is Joseph's older brother, Javon. Has, like, your, your living situation, your situation with your family, has it affected the, anything you've done in school? Any interactions you've had with teachers or stu other students? It's not really, it doesn't really affect me really uh, too much. A little bit on emotion, but not too much. Uh, I got used to it after a while. I just try to act like nothing's going on. I try to make it seem happy. Like I try to bring out a better output because if I show that there's something wrong, then 
I, I don't really think of it as a weakness, but I just think of it as uh, I'm sort of like ruining the happy flow that I usually kept for like many years. Javon is 15. When I met him, he was dressed in his school polo shirt tucked into khaki pants. He wore glasses that were just a bit too big for his face, and he carried himself confidently. As I spoke more with these two, it became clear why they weren't telling me the kinds of stories I was expecting to hear. I was thinking about Javon and Joseph as homeless kids, but of course, to them, they're just kids. And I know that seems obvious, but it really struck me as I was talking to these two. It felt like I was asking someone who lived in Florida their whole life what it was like. What other answer can they give me aside from the same as everywhere else, I guess? Listen to Javon talk about his passion for music. What instrument do you play? The flute. I play the flute. I end up uh, losing all my music when we're moving. So now I remember at least 10 of my music, but I've been listening to a certain kind of uh, certain music. And now I'm trying to transfer what I hear into notes so I could um, make it into uh, sheets of paper again. Uh, so I could like play the uh, music on my flute. Cause I, could, I still remember how to reverse uh, songs I hear into notes that, uh, that in, onto paper again. So I could at least have some music to play. Javon just did what he needed to do to play his flute. But being homeless is not just a normal state of being. It's a difficult situation for so many reasons. And even through the strength these two boys showed, you could still see the struggle they were faced with. This is Joseph again. What does your mom do? Uh, well, she's looking for a job right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what she's going to be doing. But I'm going to have to ask her because she's looking for a job. And I wonder what she's going to do. To be honest, mm-hmm. I wonder if she's gonna still be working with doctors and stuff. But is that what she used to do? She used to do that, and then she used to make MRI machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot how much she got paid for that. A struggle, though. I'm trying to help her in any way I could, but it's not really that much because I don't have a job. I mean, you're 13. Yeah. You're not really supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. There's a law against it. I one, I have a friend that actually has a summer job, well, had a summer job, and he got paid for doing it. So, I don't ask him what he did. Do you yeah. feel like you like you have to get a job to help out? To help my mom in any type of way, so we can live in a house. Yes, I would love to help her in any way I could. At this point, you might be wondering how exactly these boys ended up here. I wondered that too, and it became clear neither Joseph nor Javon could tell me. Either they simply didn't know, a very likely scenario considering their age, or they didn't want to say anything negative about their family. I spoke to Cherie to see if I could get a clearer picture. Um, When it comes to Javon and Joseph, Mm -hmm. um, like, do you know their story? And if you can't say, that's completely Um, understandable. I, I kind of always say, um, there's a similar situation. Their mom was working very hard. Um, however, she has some health issues. And because she's working, she doesn't qualify for Medicaid. However, her job doesn't provide. <laughs> because she was contracted, she didn't have, 
you know, the full-time benefits of um, health insurance and stuff like that. So Medicaid is telling her she makes too much. <laughs> she can't get it any other way because that's an expense she can't afford. But she does have health issues that are affecting her greatly. And she doesn't have access to that health care. She has to pay cash for anytime she goes to the doctor, goes to pay her medical expenses. And if she's not healthy, she can't work. If she can't work, um, you wind up in a situation where you're homeless. And unfortunately, that's that's basically what happened in their case. We are we are helping her apply for jobs that do offer more benefits and full benefits. So when she starts working, she'll have insurance. So hopefully that'll be a big plus. But like I said, because the market is so tough here, Luckily, we do have some good prospects for her, so hopefully she'll get insurance and everything she needs shortly. Because she seems like she was rather qualified from what I've heard. Yes, yes, she, she has. MR, MRI machine? Yes, she did that, and um, that was a contract job. Mm-hmm. But she has extensive warehouse work. Um, she worked at Dollar General House. She six, seven years of experience in this. And like I said, it just comes down to any of us could end up in that situation if it's a medical expense that we can't afford or any major emergency happens. A lot of us don't have the money and the savings to <laughs> cover ourselves for those couple months until maybe, I don't know, you find another job. For me, the most resonant part of that story was the plausibility of it. Homelessness is associated with mental disorders, unmanageable drug and alcohol addiction, concepts that seem far removed. But the Smith's story could happen to anyone. I think almost everyone knows someone who's lost their job or been down on their luck. But how could you fall as far as to be homeless? All I could gather was that living in Gainesville won't exactly help. Another issue that I do see is finding, like I said, employment um, in Gainesville because it is student-oriented a lot. Um, The families have a hard time getting employment and getting employment that they can actually survive off of. Like, yes, you can get a job at McDonald's, but if you got three to four kids, you can't really get housing off of that. And like I said, the housing market is also geared towards students. So the affordable housing options in Gainesville are very low as well. And that's the trickiest part of this program is finding affordable housing where the families can afford to actually stay and be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to put them in housing and they're struggling every month and they can end up in this situation again. So we try to find them housing that they can actually quote unquote afford. Like we always say, affordable housing is affordable to statistics, but it might not be affordable to that individual. Right. So that that is the biggest issue I think in Gainesville is the availability of affordable housing. I know the Housing Authority, their wait list is years long just to get into public housing. And for somebody in a homeless situation, that's, you don't have years. Like, you barely know what you're going to do the next hour, let alone how I'm going to survive for a year living out my car. Have you seen any trends, like, toward, like in the way that this issue has, has presented itself in the past years? Um... In like recent years, I know you've only been working here three months. <laughs> well, I guess I've been in, but you've been in the, in the, the homeless market yeah. for a while. Um, 
like I said, a lot of the new housing developments that are going up are centered towards students. There's not that many new developments coming up that are affordable housing for families. And sure, a two-bedroom, you can say, oh, they can get a two-bedroom that's affordable. But if you got, like I said, four or five kids stuffing them all in a two-bedroom place, yes, it's housing, but it's not. It's hard for that them to thrive in that kind of environment because they're all on top of each other. So... We have families with, like I said, education. They have bachelor's degrees. They have higher education. It's just the job market. You might top out at thirty-five thousand because of whatever field. I guess you decide to get your degree in, and having three to four kids with um, thirty-five thousand dollar budget a year is hard. And it's hard to keep their housing and if you're paying more for housing you might miss out on your car you can't afford a car payment you lose the car you lose the job you lose the job you lose the home so it's like a terrible cycle I guess of having to rent something that you can't afford because that's the only thing that's available most of our families do find jobs in 30 days it's just affording <laughs> the rent at a new place that's hindering them from moving out of even our shelter program Mm -hmm. so i think that's the key is more accessibility to the market for these individuals so what do you think is the biggest reason that these these kids find themselves in these situations i guess the housing housing. (laughs) like i say we're paying they're paying more for rent than they can actually afford because they're trying to make it right they are they're working they're working hard they're working overtime hours just to try to make it but on the flip side they're never there with their kids like a mom can be working 12 hour shifts and have to rely on child care that's who has their like has their children every day that's another expense yeah that's another expense and even if they get elc it's still like it does go by income too so they do have to pay probably a little bit but there's still a lot to somebody who's struggling to pay the house, you know, the rent for that month. Sorry, I was just I'm looking at my next question, and I'm like, okay, we like we've covered this. Like, <laughs> that's know. okay. Like I didn't, I didn't quite like uh, like everything is kind of sitting on this this theme of of of, uh, of overly expensive housing, like non-student housing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an issue. It is. Um. Because even, th- I'll say this: even the housing that is affordable. Like maybe it's a two bedroom for six ninety five a month, mm-hmm. because of the over saturation of house student housing, people who make forty to forty five thousand you know a year are getting the six ninety five a month because they say it's reasonable for them, so that takes away housing from the ones that are a lower income because they can't really compete. Like if unfortunately if a leasing office sees this person makes 45 and this person makes 30 this one is more likely to keep their housing than this one Mm -hmm. and and a lot of times their credit will reflect that because a lot of them do have probably repossessions for cars or they got behind on credit cards because i'd rather buy food for my child than pay (laughs) capital one each month or you know something like that so that's another issue that our families face is they have the eviction or they have the lesser credit 
but they might have the income because of the credit blocks and, and the other access as well. Yeah. And when you have students signing leases with their parents, their parents yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the student population of Gainesville clearly makes it a difficult city to live in outside the sphere of the university. Cherie told me that in cities like Tampa and Orlando, also homes to large universities, the effect is less extreme. But because Gainesville has always existed around the University of Florida, it indirectly controls both the housing and the labor market. The homeless problem in the United States is real and intense everywhere. When I first sat down with Joseph, he immediately asked me what being a journalist was like. Among many other things, this is something he might want to do for a career. He loves to write and express himself. And so do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Just you want to be a journalist? That and I have a secondary job in case I don't become a journalist. I want to be a vet veterinarian because I love animals. Miss mm -hmm. Jane is going to take us bird watching. That's my favorite animals, birds. I absolutely adore birds. If I see a bird, I will write about it. I want to look them up, but I don't know their names. So that's what makes it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And I write their Latin name down. I um, can't remember any of them though. I would tell you if I remembered, but I don't remember. Why do you like birds? Birds because like, oh, you know, airplanes, they soar and they fly in the air like they're free. And they have nothing to worry about. They fly free. Their food is free. So, yeah, they don't have nothing to worry about. I was so impressed with these two. They were strong, positive, and deeply engaged in the world around them. In short, they did not deserve the hand they were dealt. I can only imagine what these brothers would be capable of, with more adequate resources or even just basic stability. Family Promise and organizations like it are working to make these young lives better. But there are many children still living in cars or nowhere at all. If you are able and would like to help, you can donate to Family Promise at familypromisegvl.org. Luke Sullivan, WUFT.